Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever it is that you're listening to us, we want to thank you in advance. We as fans have always appreciated your input as fellow fans. When you're happy, we're happy. When you're upset, we are too. But sometimes we're just a little bit more honest. We are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. You can find us on Twitter at Bastards underscore Boston. I'm your host, Charlie Smith, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on Twitter at Smith underscore MLB. Our other hosts for this Wild Card Predictions episode are Terry Cushman coming to us from Myrtle Beach in South Carolina by way of Wyndham, Maine, and Jason Kelly coming to us from Canton, Massachusetts. Jason, how are you doing? Where can the fans find you on Twitter slash X? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, getting ready for some playoff baseball. Pretty excited for it, even though the Red Sox aren't in it, but still a good time. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find it at Color of the Iris. Spelled the British way, the fun way, for those yes. that have not O-U-R. heard us before. O-U-R. And right. Terry, how are you doing? Where can the fans find you on Twitter slash X? I am doing excellent. I am excited about playoff baseball, as I always am. And uh, I can be found on Twitter at Cushman MLB. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Terry and Jason. Thank you both for joining us for this wonderful wildcard predictions episode. Terry, we're going to have you lead us off with the first series. We have the Texas Rangers going up against the Tampa Bay Rays. Who do you got going up in this series? I think this is one of the easier matchups to pick. Um, Texas is just a mess right now. Um, they're going to have Jordan Montgomery going game one against Tyler Glass. Now that is a very good matchup and that game, you know, could go either way. Um, but after that, it gets pretty dicey. Uh, Nathan Avaldi has, uh, been terrible as of late. Uh, seven earned runs in his last outing, a 7.18 ERA since the All-Star break. Uh, we've got TBD uh, to be determined from Tampa, presumably against Dane Dunning, uh, who has also had not great of a run since the All-Star break. But most notably here, the Texas Rangers don't seem to know who their closer is. Uh, they've really struggled uh, in the ninth inning this year. Um, Aroldis Chapman has done the bulk of the work, but he's had his up and ups and downs. Um, they've had Will Smith uh, take a shot at it. He struggled a little bit. So has Jose LeClaire. So I, I just feel like the Tampa Bay Rays are the better balanced team. I'd give a slight edge probably to that Texas Rangers offense, but Tampa's got plenty of, you know, of offense of their own. I mean, uh, Yandy Diaz, probably a top 10 MVP year by far the best of his career. Josh Lau has been, you know, a force this season uh, with Tampa. Jose Siri has been good. And then you have Mr. October, <laughs> From the Rays, Randy Arozarena. I I have to go with the Rays here, and uh, I'm not even worried about this one. Jason, I've got the Rays as well, um, and a lot of it has to do with the home field advantage. The fact that if it gets to all three games, they will all be in Tampa. Uh, the Rays are insanely good at home. They have a 6.54 winning percentage at home, so. Absolutely one of the best home records in baseball. Um, 
I think that their their pitching is going to hold up pretty well with with Glasnow there leading it off. And Texas just they've had too many injuries and too much slippage in this last month and a half to really for me to feel good about them. Um, you know, they, they don't have John Gray. They obviously don't have Max Scherzer anymore. Uh, so their pitching took a big hit injury wise. You know, Tampa's mostly healthy. The only guy they're missing is Brandon Lau, which is a big bat. It's come out of their lineup, but you know, as Terry pointed out, they've still got a Rosarena. They still got Yandy Diaz. They can still score a lot of runs. They're still the number four offense in baseball. Uh, Texas is number three. So both these teams can hit. I just think that the Rays pitching is going to be able to hold down the Rangers a little bit better. And I just think Tampa is the more functional unit right now. And the fact that they're in the trap where they just dominate um, for this entire series, I think they'll, they'll come away with it pretty easily. So I'm taking the Rays as well. Yeah, the the Rays probably, I think, are one of the only two teams that hit the point of just absolute crap show situation with the Wander Franco saga. The only other team that had one that was really bad were the Dodgers with Urias just having another complete screw-up and ruining his career with Major League Baseball. Tampa Bay got all of their injuries and bad situations out of the way to start the season. They lost two or three starters pretty quickly and have been able to really rally and figure themselves out. No one thought that Zach Eflin was going to do what he did. Tyler Glasnow, we already know. Aaron Savali has had moments of being good, but this year he's been much better than that. I just can't bet against Tampa Bay right now. They seem to be able to find gold in places that you know only like the Braves seem to be able to do and they have this left fielder by the name of Randy Rosarena who you can never count out so I think this is one of the pretty easier of the series to to call I don't think Texas is going to win a game here I think it's going to be 2-0 pretty sweet pretty quick the uh the next series that we've got coming up we got Toronto playing at Minnesota which is pretty wild considering Minnesota's really only in there for the fact that they're in the AL Central. But uh, Terry, who do you have winning this series, Toronto at Minnesota? This is a tougher series to uh, predict than I anticipated. Uh, The matchups are really good. Um, Basically, across the board here, you got Kevin Gosman and Pablo Lopez, in game one, Jose Barrios and Sonny Gray uh, in game two. This game will be um, at Target Field uh, in Minnesota. The Twins, uh, the third place division winner, so the weakest of the three division winners, is actually in the wild card round. It's kind of goofy if you think about it, but that's the way it's set up. And the big bugaboo here for the twins is they've lost 18 straight postseason games. <laughs> That's like ungodly. And the New York Yankees have been the team that have done most of that damage to them. At least three uh, playoff series uh, they faced uh, in that span. I really, it's it's a tough call here. It, it really is. Um, the it's got basically the best pitching across the board in any series right now. the The matchups are really tough. 
The thing I struggle with the most is I don't know where the offense is going to come for Minnesota. With the Blue Jays, you have Bo Bichette. You've got George Springer, one of the most experienced postseason players, you know, in Major League Baseball, you know, with all those Astros runs and, um, you know, Vladdy Jr., that kid, I forget his name, came up. He was their number 28th ranked prospect. Um, did a lot of damage to us uh, in the series where they swept us. I forget his name. But I, I just, with the Twins, I, I don't know where where the offense is going to come from. You've got Max Kepler. Um, you know, Carlos Correa, who's definitely had a bit of an off year. The the one edge that the Blue Jays definitely have here is the bullpen. So I'm going to give them the edge. I think it will go three games. I think the Twins will win one of them. I think it'll be a competitive series. Given the fact that the Blue Jays have underachieved so bad uh, the last couple of years. I mean, this, and let me say this, this is the best team on paper, in my opinion, as far as American League teams in the playoffs. It's the best team. But I just, it's hard to not have trust issues. But I'm going to give them uh, the edge here, uh, even though it's in Minnesota. And um, two games to one, Toronto. Jason. I'm going to go the other way. Um, or I'm sorry, I'm going the same way. I'm taking Toronto um, to win this series. I just, the Twins are too banged up. They, they had so many injuries late in the season. Uh, Correa's not 100%. Royce Lewis, who's one of their better young players, he's not 100% either. Um, they're really going to have to depend, have to depend on their pitching, just being complete, shut down, you know, just really holding Toronto, uh, you know, to no runs. <clears throat> and I think Toronto just has too good of an offense, um, and that's it's not going to happen. Toronto's also a very good road team. So I'm not worried about them being on the road. They actually have better splits on the road this season than they do at home. Um, and they're just, they're the healthier team. And I believe in their starting pitching a little bit more. Like I don't believe in Sonny Gray, you know, delivering a, a must have postseason performance when you really need it from him. So I, I just think there's too much going on with the twins offense. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. Toronto's going to come out swinging and they're going to score a lot of runs um, and they've got a good starting rotation and a good bullpen to nail it down for them. So, um, and then the last thing, really, it's an intangible, but the Minnesota Twins exist to be eliminated from the playoffs. That just that's just who they are. That's their recent history. Terry pointed that out. It just I never believe in the Twins when it gets to the postseason, no matter what kind of regular season they've had. And quite frankly. Their regular season was fine, but they played in the worst division in baseball. So, of course, they're here. It's kind of by default. Um, you know, Toronto, I just think, is the more complete team. And, again, Twins are just too banged up. You know, there's too many injury concerns there. So, I'm going to take Toronto winning it two games nil. Two games nil. Okay. I actually think it's going to be Toronto two games. I don't think anyone can sleep on any of Jason's picks if – for those of us uh, listening that have been around for at least a year, Jason was the only person who picked Philadelphia to go the distance. So credit Jason there. 
I don't know how you can bet against Toronto in this series either, even though Vlad Guerrero and, and Bo Bichette have three straight years of kind of the numbers kind of dwindling down. The real only saving grace that Minnesota had is currently on the IL. Royce Lewis is out. Not really a scare without him in there. He was really the only bit of relevance for this entire team. No one else scares me. For their pitchers, as far as they're concerned, outside of Duran in the bullpen, Bailey Ober is good. Sonny Gray, I don't know what I'm going to get. Pablo Lopez has been insane. Joe Ryan can be great. The problem is, if they don't pitch great for whatever reason, where is your run support going to be coming from? Toronto has multiple options as far as that's concerned. On top of the fact that you've got Kevin Gausman, you've got Jose Barrios, and you've got Chris Bassett. And I'm not betting against Kevin Gausman. I think Bassett's going to be the fun game to watch, but Jose Barrios is going to be facing his former team. And that's going to be the one game for me that I'm going to be paying the most attention to because I really don't think they have any chance against Gausman. I do, however, think there's a chance that they could best Barrios in a revenge game you left us or you're no longer with us and we're going to try to get you back and we'll just pray that game three goes our way. Unfortunately, it, it won't. But uh, I'm going to go Toronto two games to one in this series just because of the sheer power. I mean, if, if anything else, T, anything you want to add? Yeah, the kid, I couldn't remember his name, Davis Schneider, you know, had a upper 200s batting average and a 404 on base. Just kind of an out of nowhere prospect that just got called up and, and made the most of it. Uh, another guy who could be like an unsung hero. It, it seems like you have this tenured veteran player every offseason that does make an impact, and that could be Brandon Belt. It's it's a very deep lineup in Toronto. And for Minnesota to have any chance, they got to hope most of those guys fall asleep and their bats just wake up. They've got nobody, really. <laughs> They've got Kepler and Correa and just a bunch of mediocrity throughout their lineup. Joey Gallo is in their lineup, you know, so um, I, I would be I, I'd be a little less shocked. I've, I've talked myself into it and you guys have uh, helped with that. But Toronto's just got such a nasty, um, you know, team on paper. Schneider is going to have to really wake up, though, because like you mentioned, he was hitting the cover off the ball was hitting 370 in the middle of September and then went into an 0 for 31 slump, striking out two times or worse in five of six games. He went 0 for 31 to finish up September and mixed that with 15 strikeouts. Not pretty, not sexy. So that's kind of like the rookie woe of someone who's still kind of figuring it out. He's only 24 years old. And even if he finishes the year, you know, now, which it's, possibly over we're not going to see we don't know if he's going to be starting and whatnot eight homers 20 rbis and 35 games is pretty damn good so if he can come back and pick up some of that magic where he left off yeah there's a chance that he could be pretty special but i'm i'm not going to put my eggs in the david schneider basket not over some of the names that you mentioned terry uh, i'm i'm very curious to see how george springer does in this series i really am and i i don't like any of the astros and the former astros I boo all of them. I hope they all do poorly. But George Springer wearing Toronto has at least made me forget a little bit that he played for that crappy team in Texas. He's got Correa on the other side, so it's an Astro versus Astro. I um, hate him too. 
I I hate Correa worse. I, I Springer never really bothered me. Yeah, Springer I feel was not as visible as some of the other names, and when he left, I think it helped his case a little bit. But that's just my two cents on it. Right. Um, our third series featuring our first National League series here. We have Arizona facing the Milwaukee Brewers. Terry, who do you have winning this series? So the Brewers got the news today, or perhaps just confirmation, that Brandon Woodruff is probably going to miss the remainder of the um, year. He's not expected to pitch in the postseason. Conceivably, I guess, if the Brewers went to the World Series, maybe um, there would be a slim chance he could pitch. But fear not, uh, Freddie Peralta, very solid. Wade Miley, I think, is the most underrated middle-of-the-rotation pitcher in MLB in the last five years. He has just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, All three of those guys, and we don't know which order they're going to go in. Uh, I'm guessing Peralta would go game two. Um, But all three of them, Burns, Peralta, Miley, they all have postseason ERAs under three. And then you, you go over to the other side of the coin, Brandon Fott, who's a young pitcher, spent most of the year just getting thumped. Uh, wasn't a good one for him. Uh, he's got Corbin Burns in game one. That's that's a wash to me. Then you got Zach Galen, uh, game two, presumably against uh, Peralta. Uh, you know, hard to not favor... Um, you know, Galen in that one. Then Merrill Kelly and presumably made Wade Miley, excuse me. Uh, Kelly hasn't pitched that great as of late. Um, he could certainly, you know, he, he could get it together. But I think the Brewers just have a really big edge here when it comes to pitching. And they've got more bats in their lineup than what the Twins would have in their respective matchup. Christian Walker, Corbin Carroll, Cattell Marte, Lourdes Gurriel. Uh, They've got that Moreno kid at catcher, but I don't know. Is he catching more than Carson Kelly? I'm not sure. But Moreno's numbers uh, look pretty good. Uh, And then you've got, you know, a solid veteran guy in Tommy Pham who's basically put up the numbers you would expect him to. Um, But it just, it's hard to not um, favor the Brewers here. Um, Christian Yelich, he's not back to his MLB self, but he had a very solid year, basically a uh, 2080 year. Um, a 370 on base, you know, just really, really good inside the batter's box. Willie Adamas, his numbers aren't super spectacular, but he could certainly have a big series. Contreras uh, catching one of the better offensive uh, catchers in MLB. So I'm going to, I guess I'm going to give the edge to the Brewers here. Um, Probably... Probably in two games, I think. And they have one of the better bullpens. I think they've got the number two or number three bullpen uh, in MLB right now. So um, I love both teams. I love the Red Sox connections with the Diamondbacks. And I've just always liked the Brewers for some reason. But um, but edge to the Brewers. And, and they had a pretty good September as well. Jason. 
Yeah, this was a tough one for me because Arizona's kind of my team that I'm rooting for in the playoffs now. Really want to see them go far. I think they're an exciting young team, and they're only going to get better as the years go on. That said, they're they're just not coming into this matchup with a lot of firepower, uh, particularly uh, in their starting rotation. I mean, throwing Brandon Fott game one against Corbin Burns is very white flaggish, which I find a little weird. Um, I think a lot of it is that they're hoping to steal Jason, game your, one. Your audio is going haywire. Oh, it is. I don't know. Yours never does that. Or is yeah, it Charlie? Charlie's on mute. No, man. I'm muted. <laughs> or is it me? Okay, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, the, again, just them throwing Brandon Fodd game one, I think that's they're really hoping to steal one. They're, they're hoping the offense jumps on Corbin Burns and they can kind of just get by. Because if that happens, if, they are, if they're able to take game one somehow, Zach Allen could deliver them the series win in game two. He's that good. I mean, he might be your NL Cy Young winner. So I think that's what they're hoping for. I just... I can't bet against Corbin Burns and not with their offense. They're a middle of the road offense out there in Arizona. They've got some good, exciting players, but um, truthfully, neither of these teams are great offensively. Again, they're both dead middle of the pack in MLB. So it's really going to come down to the pitching. And I just think Milwaukee has more of it. Um, You know, you got Burns game one, Peralta game two. And then if you want to go with either Miley, do that. They, they just have more options uh, if it ever gets to that point. So, um, again, I, I think Arizona can steal one with the Zach Gallon game, but I think Milwaukee is just that. It'll be kind of a low-scoring series, but I think Milwaukee will do just enough to get it done. So I will take the Brewers two games to one. I so badly want to pick Arizona for the the reasons that Terry was talking about, about the connections with the Red Sox and whatnot, but I just can't do it. I just can't. And when you are facing Corbin Burns, to give yourself a real chance, it's Galen or, or Kelly or Bust. And the fact that Brandon Fott is in there game one – that is a towel throwing game. You're putting in an absolute zero, in my opinion, a guy who has an ERA of almost six, and you're expecting him with literally zero experience in the postseason, 19 career games of experience, three career wins. You're going to put that up against a Cy Young winner and hope that you get a win? It just doesn't make any sense. I think the Brewers are going to win two out of three. They'll, they'll probably lose one. It won't be game one. But again, I think that, you know, game two, they may they might rest whomever they need to in order to go full out game three. Devin Williams, in my opinion, is one of the best closers in baseball. He could be the best closer in baseball. And their bullpen isn't too shabby either. They have a reliever named Abner Uribe, who really didn't have that much experience up until the last couple of months and really just came out of, like nowhere young twenties, 23 years old, had an ERA under two 
also no playoff experience, but just dominated when called upon. Yeah, the occasional blip here, there, like every other reliever. But, I mean, the guy had a 1.26 ERA coming into the last couple games of the season. So I just, you know, I know that players like Rowdy Telez just wish it was the Boston Red Sox they were facing. Christian Yelich lost a step. But Christian Yelich also has a lot of ex- a lot of experience, and at the end of the day, I think that Milwaukee's going to be able to just overpower Arizona. Their pitching alone is going to be able to minimize the damage. If they want to pitch around certain people in Arizona, they're going to be able to do that, and they'll have the depth to withstand any attack. In my opinion, Arizona is going to be able to do for twenty-seven innings. So, at the very least, Milwaukee's walking out with one easy one. And then all they have to do is win one of two after that. So Milwaukee two out of three. And just so I have everybody else, uh, did we all say Milwaukee two out of two to one? I think it's going to be two to nothing actually. All right. You said, so Milwaukee two nothing, Jason, you and I were both two one. That's right, correct. Cool. Perfect. So the very final series that we have coming up is going to be Miami against Philadelphia. Terry, who do you have going? Jason and I were talking about this uh, prior to coming on, and I'm really uncomfortable with this. I mean, you would think the no-brainer would be the Phillies here, but the Marlins did win the season series, and their pitching has been very consistent all year long. Um, their bullpen isn't quite as good, uh, as you know, as the, the Phillies are, it's kind of crazy that Dave Dombrowski has a good bullpen. (laughs) Um, he, he had the number 27th ranked bullpen all the way through till game six of the world series last year. That's what he took through the postseason. It's the number, I think seventh or eighth bullpen, uh, in major league baseball right now. So, um, (sighs) I don't know what it is, but I just I think the the Phillies are are probably going to win game one uh, with Zach Wheeler pitching. Aaron Nola has pitched pretty well in his last few starts, but his season has not been great. And it's been a walk year for him. He would have all the incentive in the world to um you know, to figure it out and try to boost his value coming into free agency. The one thing that makes me nervous about the Marlins is um, Luis Arise has only had one at bat since September 24th. Uh, he's won the batting title this year for the second year in a row with a 3.53 uh, batting average. So I, if the Marlins are going to win, he's going to have to play. I'd be shocked if they don't at the very least DH him. But sneakily, I think I think they've got some guys in here that can that can do some damage. I mean, Jorge Soler, former World Series MVP, Jazz Chisholm is an electric factory. Um, you know, Uh, Brian De La Cruz hit, you know, basically had a 2080 season. Jake Berger has emerged as, you know, as a, as a pretty good hitter, you know, 303 on the season with a 355 on base. I can't believe I'm doing this, but 
I'm talking myself into the Marlins beating the Phillies in Philly here. I I can just see. I mean, the Phillies have been there, and I hope I'm wrong because I'm rooting for the Phillies. I'm ble- I'm rooting for the Phillies. That's the team I want to win the World Series. I, I want. I want Dave Dombrowski to piss the Red Sox off one more time, maybe light a fire under them as we go into free agency. But I think this, I think this Marlins lineup is, is sneaky and, and can do a lot of damage on the base pass with the bat. Uh, They've got a few guys that do hit for power and I think they can blindside this Phillies team and win the series. So there you have it. I'll, I'll say I'll say Marlins in three. Wow, Jason, how are you going to top that spicy take? <laughs> uh, by saying this, I, this was the easiest series for me to pick. Um, to me, I don't think this is going to be that close. I think Philly is going to dominate this series. Um, Philly's a very good home team. The Marlins are a bad road team, so there's one angle. Uh, Marlins are under 500 on the road this year. The biggest thing, though, is both of these teams have good pitching, but the Marlins are the 26th ranked offense in baseball, 26th in runs scored. They're the only team in the bottom 10 of offense that's in the playoffs. So they don't score runs. They, you know, they've had, they've got some good hitters. Arise is a very good hitter. Jorge Soler can hit, hit you a bomb here and there. Brian De La Cruz is a nice player. Jazz Chisholm's a nice player. He's had a bit of a down year, but you know, good players, but they don't score runs. They, they just, they don't manufacture a ton of offense. So I think that's going to be their biggest downfall. I think, you know, they're going up against Zach Wheeler game one. I could see him completely shutting them out. Aaron Nola game two is, is the one that you got to look at because he didn't have a good regular season, but his September, the Phillies definitely ramped him down a little bit and then ramped him back up. He had a couple of starts where he only went, four innings or four and two thirds pitched well wasn't because he was getting lit up necessarily but they were definitely keeping his pitch count down and his innings down his last two starts he went six innings both times and he pitched very well so they obviously kind of cooled him off a little bit and then ramped him back up and he looks like he's in playoff form so i think aaron nola could actually pitch a very good game for them in game two um and the phillies are the number number eight offense in baseball They score a lot of runs. They hit a ton of homers. Again, Marlins have very good pitching. Luzardo's a good pitcher. Braxton Garrett is a good pitcher. But I just don't think they're going to be able to do enough to hold down that Phillies offense. And I just don't trust Miami to score enough runs to stay competitive here. So I've got the Phillies winning it two games to nil. I think they're just they're going to walk away with this pretty easily. Going third sometimes is difficult when you follow Terry or Jason, and this is no exception because Terry, I I don't know what beverage he had this morning. Usually he shows us what he's drinking, but today I didn't see it. I have an assumption I was wrong. It is a Red Bull indeed, ladies and gentlemen. He is drinking a Red Bull. Philly will win this series two games to none. How you can pick Miami I think is just adorable. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola for a one-two punch. You mix that in into the fact that you have Bryce Harper, you've got Trey Turner, you have Nick Castellanos, who's one of Terry Cushman's favorite baseball players, who is begging to have him join the Boston Red Sox. Terry, feel free to tell me to shut up if I'm wrong. 
I know I, you're not going to because I, I know trade I'm right. Chris Sale for him tomorrow. We yeah, could exactly. Use a, there you go. We could use a right-handed bat. I think he's got three years left on the deal. Terry would sell his first child for Nick Castellanos, and he's not even going to have kids. So Castellanos, Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, JT Realmuto is there. <laughs> Our old fan favorite, Craig Kimbrell's there, chicken wing, and Matt Strom are there. I just I can't do it against either one of those two. But above all else, the one player that I'm actually really excited to see isn't someone that we're very familiar with. It's Christopher Sanchez, who towards the end of the season struck out 10 guys twice. So that's someone who gets no love and really no recognition. He struck out 10 Mets. He struck out 10 Braves over seven innings. So I think that's going to be a name to look out for in the future. And I would not be surprised to see Christopher Sanchez jump up the rankings for the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm not going to go ahead and pick him as my Cy Young winner next year, but I would not be surprised to see him top 220 strikeouts next season. I think he has everything and more moving forward for Philly. Miami needs so much to go right for them. Jason already pulled up the fact that their their schedule away was what? Less than 500? Probably they what? Were four, five? 40 and 41 on the road. Not really good enough. And against Philadelphia, this is going to be a team that packs that stadium night in. They're going to be selling fake tickets. It's going to be crazy in Philly. I, I, I can't I I can't even see Miami stealing one here. Not even being gifted it. Miami they just don't have a chance. T, I, I'd love to know what you're drinking outside that Red Bull because it can't just be that. Go ahead, T. Steal my thunder. Go ahead. Just with the pitching matchups, uh, Lizardo and, and Braxton, they've both pitched very well against the Phillies this year. Three earned runs or less every time. I think they've got four starts between them. Um, the other thing, too, that I didn't mention – Taiwan Walker and Ranger Suarez, one of those two would be the game three starter. They haven't had very good seasons and they haven't been very good their last few times out. Uh, the The Marlins would have Yuri Perez or uh, Edward Cabrera going. And those two haven't quite been as bad as the two Philly pitchers, but they haven't been going deep into the games either. So not, not really a huge edge there. I, I would expect game three to be... Uh, you know, potentially a, a high scoring game. Um, I've got the schedule right here. Cause like I said, the Marlins did win this, the season series uh, against them. Um, I'm looking for the wrong team though. Um, so at Philadelphia in April, the Marlins took two out of three. Um, so let's go down to the next one here. Scrolling down. Looks like they played a lot of games late in the season. Bear with me. Oh, there's the other one. Uh, so they did drop two to the Phillies. Oh, that was a four-game set. Yeah. The Phillies actually beat um, the Marlins at home. <laughs> they took three out of four in Miami. Uh, and then scrolling down just a little further here, they had two series pretty late. Um, the Marlins, again, two out of three against Philly in Philly in early September. So they've won four out of six uh, in in Philly. Uh, as for their September numbers offensively, uh, the Phillies are the number 11th ranked team 
the Marlins are number 12. So very close uh, in terms of offensive output. I'm immediately conceding uh, this is this would be a very big upset and and the Phillies are heavily favored but man I mean remember what the the Indians did to the Red Sox in 2016 just steamrolled us sure just caught us completely sleepwalking I'm just wondering if that could happen here I just I'm uncomfortable and I just want that to be on the record but if you guys, it's a win-win for me because if the Phillies win, that's my team. Like I said, that's the team I ultimately want to win it all. So they'll still be in it. And uh, do they play Atlanta after? I forget. the The brackets are fixed, though. They don't they don't rotate like the NFL. I wish they did. You know, I think the highest seeded team should play the lowest seeded team, um, regardless of how the brackets uh, start out. But but yeah, I won't even rub it in if uh, if the Marlins do pull this out. But uh, it's it's uncomfortable for me. I'll say this much: games one through one sixty two really don't matter in relation to the playoff games here. And you can win one hundred and ten games during the regular season. You could set a record in the history of the sport, like the Boston Bruins did in the NHL. And that hurt so much to see them get knocked. They should have waltzed through every team. I, I can have the best, oh, you know, sorry. no, no, no. That, that's it's 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 hard for you know the teams that should win during the regular season don't always end up winning. And while Miami's had better numbers overall, they were not even a. In my opinion, I don't think they were a top eight, top nine team in baseball. I, I don't give them that Philly. I still have above them by a couple of rungs. And if you were to whatever reason, take out Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, either one of those two, I might, I might say that they're close to being even, but the, the edge is so far in Philly's favor. I'll say this about the Phillies. And I, this only occurred to me just the other day. They remind me a lot of the 2004 Red Sox in terms of personalities, roster makeup. Um, to say Wheeler and Noah are your Pedro and Schilling might be a bit of a stretch, but they are both aces. I mean, we're we're def- definitely aces. And then you know you had you know Manny, Poppy, Millar, and uh, what was another big bat on that 04 team? Drawn blanks, but on the Philly side of it, you've got you've got Harper, you got Castellanos, um, Trey Turner, and uh, Kyle Schwarber as well. Just a it's a very the Phillies team is very veteran laden, I guess, and that's exactly what the the 2004 team was. And then you look at 03 with the Red Sox, you can kind of say. That's what the Phillies sort of experienced last year, even though they did get in the World Series. They came up short ultimately. And, you know, this year, I just, I mean, if the Phillies were playing the Diamondbacks, done. Phillies, Phillies in two, you know, I just, there's something about this Marlins team that's just sneaky to me. And it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But that's all. We're going to see. It's going to be interesting. So just for everybody's record here, Miami at Philly, Terry's got Miami two to one, Jason, I Philly two zero, Arizona, Milwaukee, Terry, two to nil Jason and myself two games to one 
Toronto at Minnesota. Terry and I are two games to one in favor of Toronto. Jason going 2-0. And then Texas at Tampa Bay. I didn't catch both of your two. So, Terry, did you say Tampa Bay in two? I would be two to nothing in that one, yeah. And Uh, Jason. Yeah, same here. Tampa Bay, two nothing. Yeah, same. All right, so we're we're calling that a pretty quick series there. 2-0 for all three of us. Anything else that either one of you gents want to add? Right on. Well, that is going to do it from all of us here tonight. We want to thank all of our first-time listeners and loyal listeners as well. We appreciate all of you and know full well that without you, we would not be where we are. Have a great night. Take care.